Hey, hey friends, friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My Gay, gay friend. friend. Episode number 32. We're getting up there. We are up there, up in age. Hello, husband. How are you today? Hello, husband. I am great. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Praise him. Yes, and welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Pennzoil. Again. One day we'll be brought by Pennzoil. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking into existence, it's okay. all about positive affirmation it is all about putting and manifesting. Yes, manifest what you will like. And so we're back, you guys, and you know, this is a special episode for your boy. It's my birthday weekend. Let's go. What? 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 It's Aquarius season. Do y'all smell that? Do you smell the goodness in the air? Do you smell the butterness up the wind? Okay, do you smell the cookies just flaring on your nostrils? Because that's Aquarius season, baby. We here, ready to get all things popping. Really, do you smell the alcohol? Because that's what's about to be all through and through. But well, there you go. Before we start, speaking of alcohol, let's talk about these cocktail orders. So we will let you know what our libation of choice is while you go gather yours, and we'll catch up on our weeks. So, husband, what are you having tonight? I am having sparkling wine. The exact brand, I do not know, because it's a bottle I got for my birthday last year that has just been sitting in collecting <laughs> dust. Uh, and it, it was in a really pretty bottle with cellophane and everything. And I was like, let me fucking ha- uh, taste that and see what it's about. But, um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. What are you having? I am having some champagne, darling. You know, some champagne. The Wilson of the Creek of the Almond. So, yes. So, let's raise these glasses. Clank, clank, clank. So, wonderful episode. Yes. Also, to your boy's birthday weekend. Cheers, cheers. You can't go wrong with a splash. How is it? It's actually not bad at all. It it has like a... Almost like a buttery taste to it. It's sweet, but it's dry. It's a it's dry. Let me see what's going on here. It's a dry, buttery. It truly tastes like a sparkling white wine. Like you know, it, it doesn't okay. taste like a champagne. Like it tastes like yeah. a white wine. Yes, a dry white wine that's sparkling. It's nice. It's very nice it for is very nice. yeah. Nice for you. I'm happy for you. Are you happy too. selection? Uh, me too. Selection? I'm happy for myself as well. Thank you for uh, sharing your happiness. I'm happy that it's your birthday week. And hey, praise him. Come on. All right. So let's just dive right into this episode. What did your week look like? So my week started off. I was <laughs> coming back from D.C. So I went to D.C. this past MLK weekend on a solo birthday trip but it was also for a gay man's event and it was the time of my life i had an amazing time um met up with some people who i actually knew who i met in july when i went to dory alley in san francisco so Mm -hmm. shout out to darius and jeffrey the homies um met up with them uh had some fun out there. It was very entertaining. The conference, we'll say that, use that word, conference, was nice. It was great. It was very, it was a nice experience. I was definitely happy that I went. I will be going back next year and years to come to that. 
And DC is interesting. It was cold mm. to the point where, you know, I had on basketball shorts and a hoodie, but also had a, uh, I was about to say parka. <laughs> Not a parka, but I had a peacoat as well, waistline peacoat. I was going to say, that's a luck. <laughs> that's a luck, baby. But once I got off the plane and I went to go find my Uber standing outside, hitting that wind, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, okay, nose is cold, fingertips are cold, legs are actually fine, but I had to put that, that damn peacoat on. And once I put the peacoat on, I was good. Put the hoodie over my head. Mm-hmm. I was good in the game. But DC is interesting. How so? DC is a vibe. It was my first time in DC during the winter. I've been before in the spring for um, DC Pride. And that was the 2019. But and also after the insurrection. So going to my hotel, you were going down Capitol Way or Hill or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you saw the Capitol. So I was like, oh, this is where these motherfuckers was doing all this shit. Like, again, 2019 different kind of experience yeah, completely different. after America. the insurrection of the racist it just hit different i just had it i had a, a feeling in a moment with it and looking at the capital so um but it was cool I, I like dc so i had a good time definitely we'll go back and hell might go back for black pride i don't know but i'll be definitely going back for this gay man convention that i went to so it was a lot of fun Nice. What about you? How was your week? Uh, my week was great. It actually flew by. I'm almost gagged that the weekend is here already. Not complaining, but uh, because I welcome it with open arms. But this week kind of flew by. Last weekend when you were gone, I was here just trying not to drown. It rained <laughs> the entire weekend in Los Angeles, especially on Saturday. And I mean, it was like that heavy, consistent rain that LA typically doesn't see now friends if you're not from california it does rain here don't listen to the songs it does rain but it never really pours consistently especially for an entire day okay and last saturday it did just that it was pouring all day long glad we cut the sprinklers off me too (laughs) but i stayed in the house with the pups watch uh you know binge some anime i ended up going with our good good judy on sunday to go see megan okay how was megan oh my gosh that i'm sorry movie of the year (laughs) movie of the (laughs) year for me because it's so the movie is so fucking funny like in it you can tell that the people that created the movie that wrote the movie i believe it was written by a I know it was directed by a black woman. Okay. And I think she wrote it as well. I'm not entirely sure. Or produced or something like that. But you can tell the writers didn't intend for it to be such a funny movie. And that's what makes it. Like, it's camp. Like, the movie is a camp horror flick. Okay. And it it really is light on the horror. It's not. It's by no means gory. Like, only four people die. But... It is so Megan is basically 2023 version of Chucky, but more fabulous. <laughs> uh, she's a doll for like young preteen girls. So she's modeled 
after them. So she's modeled to be like a young girl uh, that, you know, goes awry. Things goes awry and things ensue. But what makes it so funny is just the timing of, like, the comedic timing of this doll is okay. perfect. Like, she's funnier than some of the bitches on SNL. Really? Okay. It, 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 and, like, the situations that happen, it's just, I can't. I can't stress enough how camp it is. Like, you can't go into it expecting, like, a serious horror classic. Well, you didn't know. So, you didn't know what what you're walking into. Well, oh, I, 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 I expected, I honestly expected, like, Chucky. Like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be some humor. Because, you know, every genre now has, like, a tinge of humor right. in it. Like, regardless of what it is. A romantic comedy, action movies, Marvel movies. Everything has humor in it now. So I was going in expecting a horror movie with a little with a little comedy, but I went it turned out to be a fucking comedy with a little horror. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Comedy. Well, I can't wait to see it. No, and, and it's something that you can see and that you would enjoy. And the thing is, I recommend people watching it in a theater because that's what made it even funnier to hear other people like surprised at how funny this shit was it's so irreverent and <laughs> it's funny to get that like when everyone goes to one movie and you're all on the same page yeah that's what makes it even more enjoyable yeah like when okay. she walked when she first walked into the screen people were like cheering like this movie <laughs> is seriously a cult classic the same way you know when we go to the amc and we see nicole kitman's uh preview yeah how just... everyone's in on that joke now yeah. that's exactly how the movie megan is oh wow okay like you can tell when people when nicole did the fucking commercial she wasn't expecting it to be this you know comedy moment <laughs> With her shiny suit and her stiletto heels walking through, pumping through AMC theater. Heartbreak Peter. feels good in a place like this. <laughs> like she wasn't expecting it to take a, a life of its own outside right. of what it was intended to be, which was just a commercial for AMC. Right. But it was like spoofed on SNL. Like it. It's bigger. It bigger. took on legs of its own. Yeah. And this movie is doing the exact same thing. Like it, people are on Twitter saying Megan is a gay icon. More gays went to go see her than bros. Which, of course, is problematic in its own right, but I can't stress enough how good this it's movie is. It's funny you say so Bros. Enjoyable. I watched Bros. On the, on the plane going to D.C. <laughs> Did it have hit you, you know, differently? It, had, it hit a little different knowing knowing what it was and already seeing it. So it was like, okay, let me try to, let me see if I can get a real connection to it. Mm -hmm. And not so much. I was actually going through it like, okay, well, well, one, I haven't been single for the past 13 years, but I'm trying to remember single life and, and dating, but looking at it from this standpoint, I so I think he could have played a little more with that to see what that's like, and then the, the club scene, the hookup situation, and so hearing this and seeing different things in, in social media and, you know, people you may follow, what have you. So I was like, well, maybe he did kind of depict, I guess, what dating looks like now for people. I just think he could have delved a little more into it. He could have leaned more into the more gay shit. So, mm. you know, but yeah, that was good. But I'm glad Megan has strong and great reviews, obviously, by you because you're saying that it's no, the home, movie of 2023. No, homegirl. 19 days into it. Homegirl, <laughs> I, I feel firm about that. 
Homegirl has a 96% rating oh, on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Like, no, like, this movie okay. is... It's, it, it's 19 days in or 20 now, but it's, yeah. it's hitting all the it's hitting all the buttons for all right. me because it's not serious at all. Like it's that lightness that I need. It's fun. It's just it's and a Chucky, fun. And rock. Chucky is a cult classic. As a child growing up, um, when Chucky came out, I was probably 10 or 11 or maybe a little younger than that. But I do remember Chucky. Like he was that guy, and he has some. Gory stuff at that time for a kid to kind of mm-hmm. watch and, and see. So, uh, you know, cheers to Megan. Cheers to Megan, girl. <laughs> so here she goes. So, all right, you ready to get into these topics that are hot? Let's let's touch the pan. Let's touch it. So, you know, I'm finding that we're doing this more frequently than not. And just want to pay homage to her because at the late age of 90 some odd years, she became... A social media icon and she recently passed away her granddaughter talked about her and she put a message out there if you guys don't know who I'm referring to I'm referring to the social media we're gonna call her the grandmother of social media and that would be grandma holla um, and her granddaughter took I want to say last week to her page and announced that she has passed and she passed in her sleep and, and it was mm-hmm. peaceful oh wow but she was really thankful in her last moments and days and, and years of uh, the notoriety that she received from social media people reposting her rants or just her truth serum. I say her truth serum because mama was given the truth really? out a whole lot. And you know, when you're, I can't wait to get to the age of 90 plus to just say what the hell you want to say. But in a way that you're talking nothing but facts and, and truth about life and the lessons and friendships or what have you. And so I don't know if you followed her or not. I didn't. I don't. I I'm did. It was she was amazing. She would have you just in and just in the right, just in stitches, just laughing, just off of her grandchildren and kids asking her dumb questions or something about you know uh, where you a hoe or just and she would just she was a cussing grandmama, mm. you know. Um, if she could have a cocktail, she probably would, you know. But I think in her. Coming up to her final days, she was bedridden in the hospital. Would have I don't know all the true facts, but mm. you know, we just wanted to give her a special moment uh, and condolences to her family and everyone who um, enjoyed her her works on IG because she was she was the moment, you know, especially during the pandemic and mm-hmm. everything. So she was the moment. So, well, rest Grandma Holla, rest in peace, girl. And so, on from that. Bringing some queer news into this show. We have a new dating show. That's coming. In 2023. So this year. On Out TV. And do you want to know who's hosting this show? I do. Are you ready? Because you know. When I say the host name. She's been an ally for the LGBTQIA plus community for some years. She also took one for the team. It was a little one she took for the team. It was maybe like an orange Cheeto she kind of took for the team. Okay. Are you kind of getting what I'm throwing down? Are you sensing who? She had a research on the surreal life. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about. And she had her own making on the surreal life. Okay. Stormy Daniels will be the host of this new queer show on OutTV. And it is called Searching for a Daddy. 
or <laughs> searching. I'm that's not the name of the show. I want to say the show is called For the Love of Dilf. For the Love of, of Dilfs. Dilfs. Okay. And Dilfs is Daddy's I Will Like to Fuck. So, yeah, that's going to be exciting. I mean, that is a choice. I don't. <laughs> I don't. What part is the choice for you? Uh, Stormy Daniels as the host. Like, she's known for uh, fucking the ex president. I don't see how that correlates to hosting a gay dating show but you know work well she's directed <laughs> porn and i'm quite sure maybe some had some of that has been gay porn she's a woman about pos- body positivity sexuality and she's kind of funny when i on this in real life i found her enjoyable what mm-hmm. about you oh no yeah i found her funny i still i still don't see how any of those things correlate to gay men dating i would just say like okay gay dating show have like a gay person host Okay. At the very least, <laughs> like it, it, I mean, if it's gonna be a woman, like have a lesbian, or if it's yeah, I just that that that's my question. Like, okay, what again? If it was like a porn, like America's best next porn star, then, she, then it would make so complete sense. Billy Porter been the host of this show, or who do you think would have? Oh well, Billy wouldn't have answered that phone call. Um, and maybe if it was like on a. Not on out TV. <laughs> like maybe maybe Netflix. Billy would have answered that phone call or Hulu. Um, but it, I mean, there's so many other people on the gay people. I'm sure on the come up, like comedian Tig Navarro. That's just yeah. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. And I don't even follow her at comedy. I just know she's a lesbian. I just know she has something to do with gay people. She's one of the letters in LGBTIQ. <laughs> like, there's no P in there for porn star. So, I'm just, I, that's my only. Well, you know, a lot of the girls are, you know, on, on just for fans, or only fans. So, they, you know, they're their own <laughs> new age you're porn trying to star. Make these, you're trying I'm to make just, a You're talking about correlations. I'm trying to put it together for you so you can see why Stormy is doing this. Because I bet you. About 10 or 15 of the motherfuckers on there going to have an only just for fans page or only fans and they have sucked the dick or licked the ass on camera and people have paid $5.99 to $12.99 to watch it. Well, yeah, that is, um, you know, that's the, the new stepping stone to get on TV. Honestly, I don't think that they put gay contestants on television anymore without the prerequisite of uh, yeah, either OnlyFans or huge social media following. following to yeah. be, and I'm being completely serious. Yeah. Like That's just, unfortunately, it is what it is. And yeah, because they want to have viewership, so they want to bring that yeah. following with yeah. you. Which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad, but that's just the world that we're in right now with mm-hmm. bringing numbers and social media to everything. So, But I'm looking forward to LTV with that. I believe we did. We have another show on LTV that was the um, stripper show that we used to watch. Go go for Go-Go the gold. For the boy, or go go for the gold. Go go for the gold. It, it was it out TV. I don't know. I don't remember. I want to say I'm about ninety five percent sure okay. it was out TV. Because I know we have out TV the app, and there's a lot of queer shows actually on that that channel. Mm-hmm. We just don't tend to watch it. But when I saw that there was a new man gating show, you know me, anything with men on it, I'm like, hey, let's let's go for it, mm-hmm. and. To see Stormy Daniels for the love of for the love of Dilfs, 
It's like, why not? So Why not? When we get a premiere date, we will let you guys know. So if you would like to tune into that. Add that to the docket. Well, first you it. have to get out TV because we know you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Right. Add it to your channel. Add out to your channel. So we will see that. I'm just really interested to see the caliber of men they will kind of have. Also, I'm very curious to know if they're going to have a, you know, a specific body type. Would everyone be included with this now in these dating shows? Or would it just be, you know, the circuit queen girls that, you know, stay in the gym pump all the time, which I'm not mad at. But I'm curious to see who will be cast for the show. So we're going to have to stay tuned, but moving on from that, we're going to talk about straight stuff just quickly. So <laughs> I scrolling on the enter of the webs um, this week, I saw someone pose a question on the Twitters that I found to be fun, especially coming off of our Golden Globe episode last week. And it was something that I wanted to ask you because I have my answer. So I'll be very curious to hear yours and kind of talk about that. But the question is, what or who are your favorite four black actresses of all time? Wow. I know. It's a loaded question. That's a very... I'm going to need for you to so, have yours already. That's... While you ponder yours, <laughs> yes. I'll give you mine. Okay. Um, and maybe that'll help you. Maybe it won't. But um, mine's in no particular order whatsoever. Angela Bassett. Okay. Viola Davis. Diane Carroll. And Cicely Tyson. So for me, it's two of the new school legends. Because... Angela and Viola, I mean, they are, well, essentially, they are our generation's Diane Carroll and Cicely Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you, for me, I I am a huge fan of, you know, I love the award shows, the Oscars, and for Cicely and Diane to both be Oscar-nominated black actresses, literally the first to be nominated for Best Actress. Not like Best Supporting, but Best Actress of their time. They were actually nominated the same year. I, oh, wow. I, I want to say. Um, or, no. Diane was nominated first, and then it was Cicely Tyson nominated the same year with Diana Ross. Those who were nominated together. Um, and then, you know, Angela, who was nominated, and will be winning this year... For Wakanda Forever, or we will have our own fucking uh, storming the Capitol. We'll storm the fucking whatever theater. Yeah, whatever theater they're hosting Oscars at. And Viola Davis, the actual Oscar winner. Wilson. Um, You can't. I mean, she's an undeniable heavyweight. She is like the black supreme, like the black acting supreme of this current time frame. And those are my top four. Very well thought out and deserved. And I I salute you on that. <laughs> like, like, like to your Ooh, top, cheer, like, like, top four. I have my answer now. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm ready now. 
Okay, so I see your four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for two more cards. I'm going to put two down and ask for two more two more cards. Okay. Um, so I'm going to keep Viola. Okay. Because Mama is <sighs> the moment that I knew Viola was that bitch, and I say that with all respect, Miss Davis. If you ever seen the movie Fences, mm-hmm. Mama had about a five minute monologue, mm-hmm. and she went all the way there. When I felt every ounce of her body acting with the snot and the emotion and the veracity of who her person was and being, and telling Denzel off as he brought this other child that he brought into their marriage and she raised that child like her own and she said I have this child but pretty much fuck you I'm never touching you again mm-hmm. that ladies and gentlemen was acting mm-hmm. imagine doing that on more than one take which she probably had to do mm-hmm. but just the feel of that so I would never forget that scene and been mo- many other scenes she's done but that for me was the number one problem I'm like she is the actress she is the girl Angela Davis. Whoa. Bassett? Angela Bassett. Angela <laughs> Davis is an icon of legend as well. That's right. I'm trying category. to fight people. Fight the people. Next month. Next, next month. February. Miss <laughs> 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 Angela Bassett. Okay. Courtney Vivant's wife. Listen. What's love got to do with the Tina Turner way to exhale should I say more she is just she embodies a woman to me she is that woman but I have to pay respect to Cicely and Diane Carroll so they were the old gals they were they set the presence for the new girls yeah, to be here yeah so I give them respect but I won't put them in my top four because okay. I just um love their work and I I pay homage to them but mm. my other two mm. and I'm gonna put in order that the ranking that it needs to be. So if I was to rank this, it would be Viola first, then Angela Bassett, and then I have to, I have to, have to, have to, have to, have to give it to my girl who name is slipping me right now. I see. I I was building it up. Baby, I built it uh, yeah, you did. I'm uh, sitting here like, okay. Give me a chart this in my head, not my heart. Chart this in my head. And she okay, well, why you say like, her name? No, I got her name now. I got her name now. You want to let us know? I'm let know. <laughs> the incomparable Miss Loretta Devine. Okay. Loretta Devine is my third top choice because. She's been everybody's auntie. Mm-hmm. She was Gloria and waiting to exhale. She has the iconic walk. Like, ooh, hope you're not looking back at me. Like, she is that girl. Hell, she was the Pink's grandmama, you know, mm-hmm. doing everything. A blind grandmama doing everything, being ratchet. And she's just so versatile. So I just love Loretta Devine. So she's number three for me. Mm-hmm. Four. It was a toss-up. 
but I have to give it to will almost be my birthday to him, but I was born a day before her. Miss Jennifer motherfucking Lewis. Okay. I have to give it to Jennifer Lewis. It was between Jennifer and Whoopi Goldberg for me. And okay. they both have done great stuff. But Jennifer, to me, my Aquarius sister, is she's been everybody's. She's she's the black mother of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She's played every iconic role. We quote her all the time, every day. Jackie's back. Like, can we just say what it is? So for me, Jennifer Lewis, she can kick. We've met her several times. She, we've seen her a couple of times. She's always a delight. She always keeps the same energy. She really and does. actually, one time we saw her, met, her, met with her. She, Loretta Devine was there, you know, so we, we saw her. And she, they were so supportive of each other. But I would have to say Jennifer Lewis. So Viola Davis, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, and Jennifer Lewis for me. And Whoopi is a, a as an honorable mention. Yeah. I well, I mean, Whoopi is an EGOT. She has to be. She's yes. an honorable mention for everyone. Yes. If, if she isn't in your top. But I'll be remiss to say, like, I just have to put Whoopi out there because Whoopi, sister act. Like, I can quote both one and two all day, every day, you know, mm-hmm. so. Not many people are versatile like Whoopi. Yes. Like, she lit- Whoopi can literally do everything. Yes. So, I mean, she should have been, but it was just, I don't, I don't know. It was just, I, it was, that's a good question, though. That was a very nice question that yeah. you asked. And yeah. so, what was the top four for Twitter? What was the consistent? Do you remember, oh, I mean, or? the consensus was Viola and Angela. Okay. Like, those two constantly came up. There was a lot of Regina King, um, okay. a lot of actually Regina Hall, who is... Okay. Severely slept on as a versatile actress. Um, but yeah, the mainstays, the common denominator amongst a lot of people were Viola and Angela. See, I'm wondering why Whoopi was in that conversation with people. I because a lot she... of people think of Whoopi as a comedian. Um, actress, of course she is, but kind of when you're the jack of all trades, you tend to be the master of none. Right. And I think for a lot of people, especially considering Whoopi now, the last, you know, two decades or so has transitioned more so into journalism, The View, TV talk show hosts. Politics and stuff. Okay. And politics and, you know, everyone else, their legacy will be acting. Right. <laughs> like, Cicely Tyson's legacy is acting. Right. Viola's legacy will be acting. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, and I love Regina Hall and Regina King as well. Both of them are both amazing actresses. So, um, you guys, let us know who you, your favorite top four black actresses are of all time. You can put it in the comments of on our page of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. So, go to our IG page and just drop your four down there, and we'll see if you guys have the same outcome as we do very curious to hear your opinions and if you guys share some we'll uh definitely let it be known next week on the pod yes so it's time for our new favorite segment have you ever wondered why and i was sitting somewhere and this shit came to my head and i said i'm going to mention this because it gets on my goddamn nerves every time and that is, have you ever wondered why people stand the fuck up and try to rush the line when the plane finally lands and you hear the sound to take your seatbelt off and people just rush the middle of the fucking aisleway? 
We all have to get off. There is a protocol in order of deboarding a plane. Do we all know this? We are all aware, right? Everyone, yeah. if, you, if you've flown on the airplane, you know that there's a procedure to getting off. Why do people want you to stand up and rush from the back of the plane to the front as if you do not understand this and know this? Yeah, they're uncouth and have no etiquette. That's the only thing that I can think of. It bothers the hell out of me. And so what I do is, because normally I'm either sitting by the window, it's rare I sit on the, uh, on the aisle seat. But if I am in the aisle seat, I will definitely just stand the fuck will block you. Like, if you're behind me, you're going to wait behind me to all these people who are in front of me get their shit mm-hmm. and get their luggage to deboard because you're not passing me up. Unless they announce that, hey, you know, flight 1742, if you're going to Albuquerque, like, can you please allow them to get their stuff first so they can make the connection flight? Then by all means, no problem. But if we're all deboarding this plane and this is this is it, this is your final destination, you have reached your place of which you're gonna reside, chill the fuck out. Sit down. Cause we all want to get off the, we all want to get off the plane. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just wonder like why do people do that? Like it's so annoying. And I try not to let it bother, but I was extremely bothered by people and their disbehavior. And their disposition, like they just felt that they were just more important than the other, I don't know, 75 people in front of them mm-hmm. that chose to, you know, I don't know, uh, wake up early and, and check into their flight on Southwest. Now, you fly any other other place, you don't have to do all that. You get your, your seat where you want to be, but Southwest, you know, you got to check into your flight to see an early spot. So that is a that's a good one. So I saw. Just, just, and if you are, and if you are that person that likes to stand up and rush off, just know that we're talking about you, and everyone hates you. And on that, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna pay these bills. Come on back with the reality roundup. Let's go. Sit tight, everybody. BRB. Hey everybody, we're back and we're starting with Real Housewives of Potomac. So we pick up from the fight of Karen and Sharice. And if you guys need a reminder, we're going to remind you guys that we're back in Mexico, the Mexico Riviera. We're here for Ashley's birthday. There was a dinner party that happened. There was some conversation about why Sharice and Karen was the beef. Karen basically tells the people, the girls, that you know Sharice tried to get clout off of her mother and then she was shaking the table like hey michelle karen was and then that's when bravo cut off and so now we pick up from the fight and basically karen just basically says like sharice took this opportunity to go to her mother's funeral to get clout to get back into the circle with the girls where giselle made a a very important point she says there was no camera crew there there was nobody was filming, so how was she? How can she get clout off of driving four hours to your mother's hometown to attend a funeral, and she would just be the friends for you? So, what do you think about Giselle's perspective of Karen's claim that Sharice was trying to clout chase to get back into the circle? Fuck Giselle. I don't have anything to think about Giselle. Honestly, I she has no dog in this fight, so she shouldn't have inserted herself. Honestly, my whole situation with this Karen versus Sharice thing is neither one of these women I feel truly 
care that much about the situation. What I see is happening here is kind of like I'll equate it to like R&B and rap girlies from the 90s when they would have beef, but it would be because like news outlets and tabloids made it that way. Like it kind of forced them to have that that confrontation or, you know, they would write up things about the other and kind of pit them against one another. It's like Brandy and Monica? Exactly. Okay. And there wasn't any direct beef amongst the girls. Like right. there was nothing that they could speak of. It was just interviews here and there. What do you think about this one? And then after a while, it became something bigger than what it is. That is, to me, what Robin and Giselle is doing this season. Literally, Sharice didn't say shit about Karen. Karen didn't say shit about Sharice. Until Robin and Giselle kept asking, How do you feel, Karen? How do you feel about Sharice? Oh, Karen's leaving. She must not like you, Sharice. Sharice, what do you feel about Karen not wanting to come? It's like <laughs> the women, like Sharice and Karen, honestly didn't direct anything towards each other until this episode, until last week's episode, which is like what, episode 10 of the season? But it had to happen because you have. Sharice in the circle. You have her here, and you have Karen being clearly bothered, visibly bothered by Sharice's presence. And Sharice is trying to have a conversation with Karen, but Karen is on some power trip, and we'll soon to discuss later the reasons behind that. And so it's it's very odd that you have all these. It's very odd for them not to talk about it because you have all these other conflicts with these ladies happening amongst the group. So why why would we leave Karen and Sharice off the table, off limits? Let's see, I don't see Karen as, as being difficult or weird. I've seen Karen towards Sharice just being different, which is perfectly fine. If you don't fuck with someone, it's okay to just not fuck with someone. You don't have to pick at them. And I think uh, Karen definitely hasn't been doing that. She's just if Sharice come around, Karen will just leave. But and Karen hasn't given a reason why she doesn't. Fuck but with she's Sharice. not entitled to give anyone a reason why she doesn't fuck with someone other than that person. Now she, Karen doesn't owe Giselle or Robin an explanation of why she don't fuck with Sharice. Now she may owe Sharice that, but Sharice hasn't asked. Sharice hasn't cared. Well, Sharice has said she's. I don't know why. She's like she after being you. asked by. But, but Giselle also, Robin. I mean, let's leave for the show. We, I mean, we're talking about the show, so. So obviously they want them to bring this up and someone has to stir the pot and we know Giselle gets paid to do that so I mean I hear what you're saying but there's at some point you have to we have to address the the storylines that are being brought here and so that's just what they're that's what they're doing and it was just interesting to see Karen's response to all this and how she really deflected she really deflected a whole lot and you know i can't wait to to dive further into it later on and you know as we round the potomac woman up but i just yeah that that dinner party was very interesting it was it was just that karen was on some bullshit but that's how i see it so but then we move on and we still have mia and jacqueline who are still having some issues in their friendships so, do you think that they'll get back on track, or is this a lost cause and it's no more friendships? I think they'll get back on track because I feel like in this relationship, 
or in every relationship, there's a walk, you know, there's a gardener and a flower. And I feel like Mia is the flower, Jacqueline is the gardener, and this di- this is the dynamic that they've always had in their 30-year relationship, or mm-hmm. however long it, it's been. And unfortunately, now, Jacqueline is low-key dependent on Mia. Like, whether it's financially getting helping her get a car, helping her kids get watched or, you know, with daycare or, you know, with the nanny or what what have you. But Mia is also reliant on Jacqueline giving her attention. But I think it's just a, and a flip of someone needing her. Yeah, but Mia needed Jacqueline when she was growing up. So I, I get what you're saying. It's just a flip dynamics now. Like, now Mia has the upper hand in control. Yeah, that's exactly get, what Yes, yeah, I'm saying. No, I, get, <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. But I think with their dynamic, what Mia does in this is she goes and, and says, you know, well, you are basically double downing, saying you are fucking with married man, like men's business. So then Jack was like, well, yo, you wasn't G married when you met him? You know, so then Mia goes, you know, the fact that I, I want my shit. So it's just some petty. This, I don't think they can get back on track for that. Like, if you were my friend and you know some secrets and you know the tea of all the teas, and you choose to display it on camera, like that check is not big enough. I'm sorry, but see, I I still don't think that. I think there's more to be said, honestly. From if who? you're from, from both sides, if you're taking showers together, if you're looking in each other's pussies, the worst thing that you got to say about her is that she sleeps with married men. I don't think that's the worst thing. I think the worst thing would be naming the names of these married men and saying exactly what you do with these married men. I I feel like because they know each other intimately. It's not so Literally. that's why I think there's truly more to be said. And yeah, you know, feelings are high right now between both of them or more so on Jacqueline's part. But once she calms down, once she gets back home and realizes she ain't got nobody to watch her kids, um, you know, she may want a new car soon. Like, they're just going to fall back into their patterns of needing each other for whatever they've been getting fulfilled from one another. For the purpose. I hope so. I, I hope. I'm very optimistic all the time, but I just don't see this one getting back on track. Like, if, if we were friends for 30 summer and you do some shady shit like that to me, fuck you. And then I'm going to tell you how I really feel about you that I didn't say to your face. Because that's some fucked up shit. Like, that's that's just really fucked up. So, you know, we move on from the ladies. We see them get onto a Sprinter van and they go to the Lake of Mosquitoes. Because I'm going to call it Lake of Mosquitoes because all these heifers got bit the fuck up. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> so. Standing water. Right. They were there. They swam it was supposed to help cleanse the aura or clean your vagina or something that has a smell to it and you like to get you reborn and refreshed and the ladies did that had a little lunch and during the lunch we see ashley gets asked a question about their friends her friendship with candace mm-hmm. and basically it comes down to do you guys really like each other do you really think you guys can move past this where Candace responds and says what? Well, 
Candace, Candace says very, uh, she articulated it perfectly in stating that she has tried to move on in the past, but when it's a pattern and they keep coming back to past hurt and past traumas, which Ashley is like the main culprit of, right. even when they try to move forward, Ashley is always the one referencing past hurt. Yes. And they even show like a clip package of when they were cool the earlier this season. And, you know, they were having a con uh, conversation about the husbands and Chris and Ashley said, it doesn't feel good, does it? And Candace was like, there it goes. Yeah, <laughs> there and there it is. Uh, <laughs> that's why they haven't been able to fully move on because Ashley is still holding on to past her. She is. And, and Candace said it perfectly. She said, you know, when they asked about her bringing the Muppet Sesame Street to Karen's live show. And Ash, and Candace said, listen, like, you, I don't want something like that because I trust my husband. She said, but you, on the other hand, had to, if someone told you about Michael, you would want to know because he has done fucked up shit. So you, of course, want to arm yourself with armor to be prepared for that. Candace, like, I'm not worried about shit like that because yeah, like, I know I who I'm it. married to. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. If you know, if you're secure with your mate, which I totally fucking get that. If you know who you're married to, you know who you with. If someone off the street say X, Y, Z, you're like, it could be true, but I know mine will never do some shit like that. Or you solidified enough to say, I'm not paying that shit no mind because, again, I can address mine to my spouse. And it made a lot of sense. And Ashley actually mentions that, you know, you're right. Like, she, she is... Not, not I won't say jealous of her dynamic, but she was coming from a place of defense like that, you mm -hmm. know. So that was really good. I truly feel that they want to be friends. They just have sexual tension. I feel. I think I had a dream. I think I told you. You told. Yes, you told. They us just start to finger each other and bang it out and got the passion out because I feel like that's just what it is. Because honestly, they can really take this next generation. They're the young girls. They're the hot girls. They can really expand this group once these old timers are off the scene. You know. No, yeah, they really can be the next Giselle and Karen. Absolutely. Because those two are like the faces of Potomac, but their faces are getting a little long. And I do feel Potomac more so than a lot of the other cities have the potential or has the potential to go on a lot more years. Yeah, absolutely. So that was very interesting to see that. And then so the final dinner that well, let's say the final dinner, but this, this episode, episode, we see the ladies go back to a, they go to a classic Mexican restaurant. Everyone's here. And Giselle then mentions she felt uncomfortable with the whole situation with how Karen and Charisse was interacting. And she felt uneasy with that. And she basically says that she felt Charisse was being her character was being attacked and her character is being attacked and she that's not the Sharice who she knows and basically says in more or less words actually literally says it if it wasn't for Sharice we wouldn't have this group and she is the queen of Potomac mm -hmm. that's just what it is she is the grand dame of Potomac we know this Karen you know this and Sharice just sits there like I mean <laughs> she sits there with the attitude I, I, with the attitude I would have on my face like you damn right like you already know you already know so 
What did you think about that interaction and what just what Giselle said this time? Do you find it any basis to that truth, or what did you see with that dynamic going on? I mean, it's twofold because, and in this situation, two things can be true. It is a fact that Sharice put together this friend group, and she basically was the talent scout for Bravo in the inception of the Real Housewives of Potomac. I just, again, anything that Giselle says, I just, even if she is right or correct, I just roll my eyes at it because I know her intention behind everything that she says. There's an ulterior motive behind it. It's just, it's like, shut up. Was she factual in saying that Sharice was the, basically the precipice of this show jumping off and being a success? Yes, absolutely. But she can't negate the way that Karen feels. And even if it doesn't make sense to us, it's like I'm not in that position of having someone come to my parents' funeral you know, I can't, I can't, I can't say that Karen is wrong or Karen is, you know, should have conducted herself differently because I'm not, I've never, I can't speak on, I can't speak it from that, from that pain that she's maybe feeling. And to further it, Robin was the one that even, that took that baton of bullshit that Giselle had and kind it of. It wasn't bullshit, but you prefer, okay. This is my opinion. I hear you. I'm just <laughs> and I felt like it was bullshit. She took the baton of bullshit because and the reason why I feel like it was bullshit because Giselle doesn't care how Karen may have defamed Sharice's character because Giselle has had beef with Sharice in the past herself. She just don't like Karen. The same way she don't like Wendy. So whatever opportunity that she may get to bring those two women in particular down, she's going to rally for the other side regardless. So that's why I'm, that's why I feel Giselle is not coming from a good place and she's full of bullshit. The same way Robin this entire season has been coming from a horrible place and is full of bullshit because she even goes further and says, that Karen hates uh, Sharice, hates that Sharice was the founder of this group. And Karen says, no, 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 that's not true. Now, if I'm not fucking with someone, and it was even further brought to light that Karen and Sharice were not friends before the show. They were not friends at all. They didn't even know each other. It right. was just so happened that Karen somehow was sitting at a table at a, um, at a table. benefit that was Sharice's and the casting director at the time was in the vicinity. and was like, who's that woman referring to Karen? And she was like, I don't know. And that kind of started the ball with casting and Karen because Karen was, I believe the last woman to be casted because everyone else Sharice knew and had a relationship with. Right. To which Karen's like, no, Robin, that's not true. And I mean, I kind of feel like it is because after Sharice was fired from the show after season two, if they didn't have a relationship before the show, why would they have a relationship after the show? 
Like, you literally have only known... You didn't know her before this show was created. Sharice was on the show for two seasons. So, it's like, there's no... There's no real bond there to continue that relationship. So, if you're not really, truly friends and, you know, Sharice goes to her mother's funeral, yeah, I would, I personally would view that as, like, a good, a good gesture. Like, a good, sweet gesture. But for whatever reason, Karen felt it was Sharice trying to clout chase okay that's unfortunate but they weren't really friends in the first place so it's just kind of like you gotta you gotta just let it go if that's how karen feels you gotta just let it go no you can't because karen's on some bullshit and i say that because it's true this is the thing you're here because of me point period but like how you look at it bitch you're here because of me okay now in this we did form a friendship as as the cast and what have you and all this now, because of my husband, and I'm talking to the former Sharice, didn't want to sign off of going through divorce, X, Y, Z. So now I have to get off the show because I don't want that shit to be messy and I'm not messing up my bag of my divorce settlement. That caring takes it to her, her head and she, now now you have this, you know, the show's successful. People are saying grand dame, you're taking the shit to your head and you now are, you're, Believing you're drinking, you're drinking the Kool Aid that people have gave you to think that you are that girl. Now, get me wrong. Karen has became now a fan favorite. People think Karen's funny. She has her one-liners. She can go back and forth with Giselle. So she is good for the show. I'm not gonna say Karen isn't, but Robin says something true. Just say you don't fucking like her, and then we can move on from that. But when that you I put agree some, with. when you put some bullshit on top of like my mother's, friend, okay, you can feel. I'm not gonna say that's not the truth, but I feel your truth is some bullshit because just say you just, you don't want her around because you want to be the grand dame. Because when Sharice is around, everyone knows Sharice is the reason why we're here. So everyone know everyone probably gets Sharice way more respect than you, Karen. So when Robert said that, it made complete sense. Like, yes, you're just mad, you don't want her around, and but she's here. Now she's not going nowhere. And especially now because you have this conflict and you're pressed by her. Because if you truly was the grand dame, you wouldn't be pressed. Sharice ain't pressed by nobody. So Karen, she's like, I don't know what she won't talk to me, but I know I supported her. Move the fuck on. Karen's panini press. So Karen shit is on some bullshit. Like, I like Karen, but at the same time, I think that, yes, she wants to be that title and wants to have this whole idea that she is that girl. And she's really not. And I think what Robin said... And then, you know, I, how I feel about Robin. She's on some bullshit now, too. But I think what she said was true. And, that, and also when she mentions the fact that you're going to see Karen for who she really is. Karen is showing herself even more so. And I think as next week's episode comes about, we'll see who that real Karen is. You know, but I just, if you don't like someone, just be honest and say, I don't like, I don't want to fuck with her ass. I can respect that, that you're trying to... Shuck and drive and do smoke and mirrors and trying to put your disdain for someone based off of your parents passing. And that's what I feel Karen has done. She's put that, she's taken this moment, okay, when she showed up, she's the only one who showed up for your mom's funeral. Two parents, none of the other hoes showed up at all. She drove four hours. So what would she have to gain from that? Like, what is there to gain? She's trying to, like, that is, if you think she, is trying to gain something that Sharice is a psychopath and she needs to be 
locked away somewhere. If that's what you really feel, someone who's going to drive four hours to your parents' funeral to be supportive to you, like, that's just crazy to me. So I think Karen is on some way out stuff. You know, you and I aren't going to see maybe eye, eye on this situation, but I do feel Giselle and Robin spoke some truth and Karen's just pressed. And, but I'm excited for next week's episode. What about oh, you? I'm thoroughly excited. There's going to be some revelations. We finally get to see, or at least a pixelated version of who Blue Eyes <laughs> is. Uh, Robin drops the ball. Uh, and shows the ladies at some uh, dinner table who this alleged man that Karen has been having uh, an affair with for years. This is the juice that allegedly Sharice has been keeping under her hat uh, about what she knows uh, about Karen. So I'm just ready to see this come to a head. Right. Because it's something that they've been edging about for years like literally since I think like season three reunion yep. and it's like I'm ready to just get her done at this point because I feel like there's so much there's so much more real drama that we can be focusing on like what I'm about to get into right now because it was actually a perfect segue Karen apologized to the group for her actions mm -hmm. uh, that happened the other night and Robin two-faced deceitful ass was like it's just so you apologize to the group but you can't apologize to Sharice yep so that yep. prompts our girl our baby girl my uh bestie of the week last week uh Candace to pop up in her seat uh and say oh I'm triggered <laughs> she said <laughs> because um uh, it was in Miami where Mia apologized to the group but didn't take the time out to apologize to Wendy and nobody said shit about it. To which Wendy said, thanks, sis. Tag me, Tag me in, <laughs> coach. And proceeded to read the fuck out of Mia again. Yes. <laughs> like, like literally eviscerated. It, it was the, the finest alley-oop I've seen. It really was. I don't even know sport references. <laughs> But you got that one right. Uh, but fucking Candace <laughs> took the ball. Wendy was like, "I'm open." Right. Threw it to her, and Wendy uh, slam dunked that shit. Yes. It was. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was, it was brilliant. It because, and I'll tell you why it was brilliant. The way that we talk about oh, it's it's a show, so we have to talk about it in the world of the show, and right. just that Candace and Wendy don't do that. Which I love. They will. They don't play along to get along. They'll literally say, "This is wrong." Not this is wrong for like in this in this setting. No, this is just wrong in real life. Yes. And <laughs> and they do that in real time. Like the fact that Candace saw the hypocrisy that was happening Absolutely. and spoke on it. Not you know, not saying oh well that was that was last week or that was an old scene or that was you know we've moved on from it because it, no yeah and to that then Giselle makes a comment said oh like shut up or whatever it's like nope just say keep it real just say you don't like Wendy just say yeah, I don't exactly. fuck with her I don't like her she talks shit about she talk truth shit about my husband and or ex husband or whatever and just say what that is with that um, like how Robin as 
caring to say about Sharice. Exactly. So it's just I I completely and, and that's why agree, I don't agree with you. And that. that's why I don't give Robin or Giselle oxygen because it's like it's hard to give. I would give Robin more than Giselle because Robin sees it. Robin, Robin can see it because Robin. One point, she's like, "I still like her." Like she, she said that about Wendy. Like she has, she has admitted that. So I can give Robin a little more leeway than Giselle. Okay, just on that. Okay, but yeah, that was that was an amazing scene, and the producers are coming with receipts, and I am hearing that people are asking that for Andy not to host the reunion. Funny you mentioned that because okay. the reunion was filmed today. Yeah, they, it's, yeah, I knew that was happening. And did you do you know the seating chart? I do not know the seating chart, and that's why I'm here. I got you. So their Bravo themselves released the actual official seating chart because oh, really? they, I guess, they're just tired of people speculating and then being let down when they actually when it airs. Okay. So this is a very interesting seating chart. So we can discuss this really quickly and then we can move on. Um, but to the left of Andy, and this is going to be in order. So sitting directly next to him is Giselle, then Ashley, and then Wendy. So it's just three on the to That's the side. left okay. of Andy. Now to the right of Andy, we have Karen in first chair. Okay. Candace in second chair, Robin in third chair, and Mia in fourth chair. Okay, so I, uh, so okay, so what he what they're doing? Okay, the two OG the two OGs who can have the the frenemy situation because before they were friends, they might be enemies by the time this shit airs. Yeah, I have a feeling, but the seating chart is going to. Tell us where the season goes. Right. So we know Candace and Wendy actually have their shit. And then Robin and Wendy have their. So I get that. That all make that. Those two make sense. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Because where else would you put Mia? I wouldn't put Mia. No, Mia deserves anywhere. to be at the fucking craft service table. <laughs> if I would. Looking at this, I may. I probably would put Ashley and Candace first, but that would that would that would be a viewership like people are like what the fuck's going on? Because again, the face of Potomac is Giselle Karen and, and Giselle. Karen. Like, I would, that's the face. Of Potomac, I would leave so. Giselle in first chair because as gross as she is, the bitch is still working overtime. Yeah. I would just switch Candace and Karen because honestly, Candace is the reason for this season. Like, but she but. Can't. There's not enough between there was a there's not enough between because Candace hasn't given light to it for Candace and Giselle to have. I feel like there's something that's more with Karen and Giselle. And again, we know what that gives. So we always know. And uh, yeah, so. But that's going to be well, Sharice will come in. So she'll sit on, on the other side. Yeah, she'll sit, so next, she'll sit to next to Ashley. Uh, Giselle. Probably Giselle. She'll probably sit in between yeah. Giselle and Ashley for okay. her segment. Um. I hope she takes some gas X by then because mama be looking uncomfortable. She be looking like she's sitting on a secret and that secret is... She has all the secrets. Uh, she, apparently she has she all, holds the all the secrets. Mama, you know what I'm saying? So, well, that is interesting and exciting for Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, I'm quite sure the reunion will be coming up in the next few weeks. So, yeah. looking forward to that. And on to another fan fave show, we have Married at First Sight. 
where we had the final two weddings of the people and were we happy with what we saw? Um, no, because everyone, <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again, everyone is so weird looking this season. I'm sorry. It's just, I don't know what's going on in Nashville, baby, but everyone looks like they've been beating the face with guitars. Or I don't know what's going Not on. Not guitars, so. <laughs> but all of the weddings are officially over, thank God. We've moved on to the reception and they have done the task that I actually care less about and that's meeting the friends well let's rewind a little bit so let's see who so the the last two that get married were we're gonna call him drunk face or is it would you say drunk face or drowsy face drowsy face drowsy face and his name slits me right now but his cousin i think he was fucking his cousin it's uh jasmine and aris jasmine yes i think Aris, Aris, his, his Aris. cousin falling. I think that she's probably upset she's not going to get the dick no more because she just is going too hard in the paint about Jasmine and you can run, you know what I'm saying? But this drowsy face nigga who just looked like he has the 1994 Acura. He just so. Two blacks of mouths per day. He's just so odd looking. Um, but yeah, she's definitely putting up putting it on thick now i don't know it could be a plot twist she could be so against it because she knows he's just not shit and she doesn't want well, him to waste uh, waste of her life waste anyone else's time and i kind of think that's the situation i okay. don't think i don't think she doesn't want him to marry because he's just such a cat he's such a fucking catch and he's you know he, yeah i don't think that's the case at all because he is uh having a visceral reaction towards Jasmine having a bunch of dogs, even though she tells him she's a breeder. So that's kind of what you... That's what they do. You have to have. Yeah. <laughs> Breeding is having puppy. So yeah, they get married. I don't see that working out at all because I don't think that he's ready for marriage at all. No, and it's... Just, it's I'm not going to say it's a shame, but he's 39 and he, and he claims he is. So, you know, I guess all we can do is just wait and see if he really... uh steps up to the plate and likes I don't think she says my husband is easy on the eyes and I'm like who was your type because he he's okay from a 1 to 10 he's like a 4.5 um yeah okay I'll, I'll buy that he's just yeah droopy face so next on the docket we have Dominique and McKinley. So we have uh, Chinny Chin Chin and uh, the Mac Closet tonight. Queen. <laughs> One of my friends called him Mac tonight. No, she looks, she looks like, like Mac tonight. <laughs> she looks like Mac tonight and Jay Leno had a baby. Oh, in the group chat, I was like, what the fuck? I fell out laughing when I saw. <laughs> and, and friends out there, if you're not sure who Mac tonight is, just Google it, <laughs> Just and Google then Google Max, Dominique right. from Married at First Sight, and you'll be on the same page. Yes, that's You're welcome. reference. Yeah, so this was this was my first time seeing a interracial wedding on this show. Maybe they've had couples before. Oh, they have they, had couples no, before. No, they have, but it's the first white male and First white male and black yeah. woman, um, I think. 
but don't that we've seen. Chargers, yeah, that we, we've we seen. came in season like eight or nine. So, yeah. but it's interesting because I'm quite sure when you know the families were walking in, they're like, "Oh, the colors are here." Like I'm, I'm just I'm thinking, not saying that that's happened. I don't know, or you know, the black people could have been like, "Oh, the white people are here." Like you know, it was. I just want to have the camera crew show the footage of the families' the first reaction, <laughs> first reactions walking in. I think see. I think I think his family is just excited that it's a woman involved. You know what? Honestly, no. I would. I when you said it the first week, I didn't really see it, but this episode, I was like, oh, he is. I mean, listen. He used a man says sassy. Yeah, when someone when some describes a man, a man as sassy. sassy. That's if you're heterosexual, that's not a good compliment. I'm just gonna say. Um, I don't even, I've never been called sassy before. I've been called sassy, but I'm a very gay man. So yeah, so they, their wedding happened. You know, they kissed. Now, the only couple that did not kiss was the other alleged man that I believe the that The couple from last be, week that got married. Uh, with another man. Um, he didn't kiss his wife, so that Shaquille kinda, and Kirsten. Shaquille and Kirsten. He did not kiss her. She... Turned the cheek, and she says the reason why was because he didn't ask for permission. But cut to her telling her bridesmaids if he's unattractive, or yeah, doesn't have the qualities, she's gonna give him the cheek. So she was already planning when she saw he had a bald head. Talk about lack of accountability, yeah. this bitch. She, after the fact, she was like, "I wish he would have, you know, asked to kiss me." No, bitch. No, you wasn't feeling him. You turned your head because he's bald. You said you don't want a bald man. He's not your type. You're not feeling him, but you're trying to save face, just like all all the girls before. And this is the thing that kills me: the people who are, I apply for this show. You say I have this type. Clearly, your type don't want you because if your type wanted you, you would have the type, and you wouldn't be on the show. Let's just keep it real. So these experts are saying we're trying to match you on something more than the physicality. And so, yes, you might get a man who's bald-headed, who doesn't have hair. So you have to look past the physical part initially. And now, yes, some attraction has to be there initially. We're human. We are. We see something attractive. Our eyes, we, that's what we gravitate to. However, you have to give people a chance and a try. And then it, it kills me that we're still having the discussion or people are still making that comment every season. Yeah. Season like, 88. I hope they give me my type. Your type didn't want you. Yeah. If they did, you wouldn't be applying to the show. Yeah, and or your type fucked you over, which is why you're currently single and filling out a 200-page questionnaire and doing a psych evaluation to get on a reality show for someone to find you a spouse. Like... Just saying. At this point, after you go through all of this to get on the show, I don't. I still don't understand how people don't just open themselves and be vulnerable and just let the process take its course. Even if someone comes around the aisle and you're like, "Okay, this isn't my type," but fuck it, I'm here. I've answered all these fucking questions. They've answered all these questions. So clearly we must be compatible. Let's just see it through. Yeah. I don't understand when people Yeah. Do you understand the people what? They don't like succumb to the process. Okay. 
Well, yeah, that's the one thing that they they will have to do at some point because you sign up for the show. So hopefully that they will. Hopefully maybe the experts will let them know and call them out and say again. And every season they have to do this also. Just say, hey, your tight wasn't working for you before. Mm. This is why you. This is why you're on the show. You know, so just be aware of that. But so, what did you see about the reception and the friends meeting people with the family? Do you think that they had concerns, or everyone kind of like got along, or what? I mean, I honestly checked out for that. Every I think it's so arbitrary now because nothing that any of the conversations that they ever have carry weight. It's almost forgotten about after this episode, so it's kind of like why even pay attention? It. I, everyone does like the fake you know grilling of the groom like oh what are your intentions and why are you on the show and he lies every time of course and then when the family or friends talk to the the bride it's kind of like the same thing so it's like what's what's the point so well yeah well if you checked out that damn sure though I wasn't really paying too much attention to them I mean I'm just happy the fact that a, a large question kept coming up again of would you have sex the first night? And I feel like the producers really pushed every couple to ask that question because some people were like, well, I might be tired. Some like, absolutely not. Some like, you know, wait for the honeymoon. So it's interesting to see um, people's thought process. Okay, once you, you just married a stranger, but yeah, you're going to have, you know, consensual sex with them. And hey, it may work for you, but shit, after what you be tired as fuck. We didn't have sex off after our dinner. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're tired. So, but yeah, so that's married at first sight. We can't wait for next week. Hopefully, we'll get some insight to see where these people are going, where their trip will be, and where do you think they're gonna go? Do you think they're going to Jamaica or where do you think destination will be? I don't know. I mean, we're out of the pandemic apparently, officially. So hopefully they put some coins and time into going somewhere nice because I can only, I still think about that poor season where they went to Vegas. Oh, I thought I was going to say Florida. I'd rather go to Florida than Vegas. (laughs) At least Florida, there's water and a resort. Like Vegas, they were just in a fucking hotel probably on the smoking floor. Yeah, and, and and also we know COVID. Well, I mean, COVID's still here, but hopefully no one tested positive for COVID because that really sucked for that one season and people oh, couldn't yeah. get off right, you know, get their mm-hmm. honeymoon off right and everything. So so that's Married at First Sight, you guys. We're going to get this off and keep it going. We're going to go to The Circle on Netflix. Now, hopefully you guys have caught up. If you haven't caught up, fast forward this because we will have a spoiler alert. We find out who the winner is, so we will talk about this on this episode. So if you haven't seen The Circle yet, if you haven't seen all of it, fast forward. Come back to this episode next week once you have watched it. Or just watch it and then come back to this episode. Same thing. It's on demand. It's Netflix. (laughs) You you don't have to wait. Just watch it. So we... It's so much to dissect. We're going to pick up where just... I want to pick up where I was so angry with the people. And I was more so angry with... So, Sam 
and Raven became influencers. I don't know what episode it was. I want to say maybe 10 or 11. Sure. And Raven is pissed off because Marvin, he played her. She was in her feelings about him talking to, I want to say Trini, but the girl Tamara or Tia. And her and Sam get an influencer, but there was a hacker that came along prior to in the circle and started some chatting with Sam pretending to be Chaz and this was Jennifer. What did you think about that dynamic? Of Jennifer being the hacker? I think that Jennifer was sloppy. Like it wasn't fully thought out like the execution. The fact that almost everyone <laughs> after like a, an episode realized that Jennifer was the hacker it, 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 it fell flat. It wasn't smart. It wasn't, it wasn't a calculated move, especially if you're going to, if you're going to get this ability to be the hacker and do something that's calculating, I would go for a really big shark. I wouldn't well, try it in the way they tried to target the, the lesbian. Yes, that's not a big shark. You consider her a big shark? No, no, no. What I'm saying was, what I'm saying was, there were yes. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm. What I'm saying is, they were trying to target Chaz. No, they were trying to target the lesbian through Chaz. Chaz was not the end target. Right. Okay. So yes, what yes, I'm yes, saying yes, yes, yes. is <laughs> that was not smart. Okay. To truly target Chaz is to get Chaz, try and get Chaz eliminated oh, out of the show, not to use him as a byway to get to someone else. That is not a true target. But also, I but see what that is with the hacker situation because the, the top three has always been Chaz, Sam, and Raven. So it's really hard to infiltrate that that three amigos situation. So that would have been like I think really a difficult challenge for them to, a difficult challenge for them to try to penetrate that. I would have still tried if I had that power. I mean, because in the long run, what they did still didn't work. So if you're, if it's not going to work, at least shoot for the stuff. At least try. Well, it worked for a moment because it made Sam think. So if you guys haven't watched, if you watched it, so it made Sam think that she actually was talking to Jazz, which cost. And then they put some information that I can't think of the the other catfish named Tamara or, or Tiara or whatever. Tamira. Tamira. That she was in, in cahoots with Shuby, Shuby Dooby Doo, um, and the situation of trying to overthrow the newbies, I mean, the old, the old cats with the newbies crew. So, well, Shuby gave them that power, so Shuby was already gone. Right, but it was also, but what, what Jennifer was trying to do was trying to eliminate, you know, Tamira, to who? Tamira. Tamira. So, you know, but my, all of that happened, but my point of being upset when they had the chance to block someone, when it was Sam and, and Raven, they ended up blocking Marvin, and they couldn't take Jennifer out. Sam saw it in real time and realized once Chad said something like, I didn't talk to you, I only talked to two other people, and it wasn't you. Sam put two or two together in real time and was like, Jennifer's a cat. Jennifer was a hacker. I wish you could have convinced Raven to keep that same energy and get rid of Jennifer, but they got rid of Marvin because Raven was in her feelings. And listen, 
are we gonna have a conversation? Are we gonna talk? Because I don't want I don't want no backlash about Raven bashing. Because I'm about to bash her, and I just want she wants to be treated fairly. She said deaf people can do everything all all hearing people can do except for here. So I'm gonna give you the same smoke across the board. Are we clear? Go for it. Raven's on some bullshit. Raven was dick dickmatized and she got hurt and she wanted some fucking revenge. And that's why Marvin was going away. It was no reason why Marvin should have been taken out the game at that point. She was doing some cunty shit and she was just pissed off that he was talking to some other broad and you was in your feelings. And it's okay, blue hair, but you're not that girl like that. You know what I'm saying? And and it made no sense. It didn't send a clear message to anyone. It was if you're talking about I can't trust you. But that was stupid. What did you think about that blocking of Marvin? I, I, I think it was completely idiotic. And it was so unhinged and it made zero sense to the point where I honestly felt production had a part to play in it. Like I've never seen really the hand of production in uh, this is the fifth season, season but I've only seen three seasons of this show. I haven't in all the episodes I've seen really thought oh this is planned or this was staged yes. until this moment yes. because it just did it made it just didn't make that much sense it was so off of the especially with sam knowing seeing everything in real time and knowing that jennifer was the hacker and going into the, the deliberation like no this bitch gotta go for it to all of a sudden and us not even see that conversation between the girls between Sam and Raven, right. where Raven apparently may have convinced Sam to get rid of Marvin. Right. For us to not even see that happen, and all of a sudden Marvin gets eliminated, because after they eliminated him, we had a full episode that was dedicated to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer backstabbing Tom, and then Tom getting eliminated. So I have a feeling if you know Marvin stayed, it wouldn't have been that much of meaty content. No, it would have just been him. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love <laughs> Raven. You're my queen. And you know, yeah, that's fun and cute. But the episodes that follow where Jennifer backstabbed Tom, like that was some good shit. It was. So producers. It, it just reeked of a producer's it hand. Did. It really did. And especially with then Tom going, because Jennifer rated him low, and it's like, okay, well, we, we, Tom is like, Jennifer's been my number one. I'm going to keep her. I'm going to have her back. I'm always going to rate her number one. And then for Jennifer, who were played by two prior first, the original eight characters who were, who were the first ones to get voted off in the first episode, they came back as the character of Jennifer. If you guys didn't know that, you now, now you know. So they were a catfish and he just, he, he kept them always number one and they threw him under the bus where, and this rating episode, um, whoever was rated the lowest was immediately blocked. Like there was no trying to save face. You were just gone. And Tom didn't see it coming for himself and he was out and he realized that Jennifer did him dirty. Mm -hmm. And he went to go meet them and he realized who they were. And it was, you know. But Jennifer got her pay that bitch, she didn't she um she gets her karma. She gets her karma later on in as the show goes on because she didn't win. 
She did not win. Do you want to get to the final episode and who the top three was? Let's go. Because it was, I feel, a very strong top three. It was a top three that we saw coming kind of like the first ep- after the first episode. There were no there were no um, surprises for me. Well, I want to pause for a second because I was pissed off about the Tamara girl who really was a catfish. Why was she there? Like she took in the top five, Marvel, top five. She took Marvel. Like I, it's something about they care. I just runs me the wrong way. I don't know if she remind me of somebody or what. She has Napoleon complex, but I just don't. I, pre, I just don't. I don't rock with her. I never liked the concept of people coming in so late in the season and catapulting over people that were there in the first episode in the first place regardless if it was her or uh the other oliver. gay boy oliver oliver i see oliver i still don't so, like the concept it's like you come in five episodes later and then you make it to the top five of course you were you just came yesterday that's not fair well but they also have to fight and oliver was making his way with friendships and trying to get into the, the good graces and i think he would have he would at least made top four. I feel like he would have made, but Chad is some bullshit. And I don't think he should have been there the same way Tamir would uh, was supposed to be there. But you're right, uh, Chaz did what? Chaz did some bullshit. He he went so he had to he had the secret influencer circle situation. He was ranked number one again, and he had to block someone in person. So you know all the cast of who he's going to go see. He knocks on the door. It's Oliver. And Oliver is really shocked that he's there, you know. And so, but his reasoning for it was the fact that okay, he he felt Oliver was flirting a little too heavy when Raven had them in the private group chat, all three of, three of them together. And then once Raven bounced, was like, "All right, guys, you know, here's your have y'all fun." He guess he felt like Oliver was trying to come on strong, and so he can have an alliance and maybe build himself up higher in the ratings and Oliver wasn't trying to do that so well, I mean he was coming off a little thirsty though. but it but it was it was cute flirting and he was because what I don't like and which was so interesting because we kicked about the shit Chaz was yes and all this stuff when Oliver was like oh my god daddy blah blah Chaz was like yeah so oh yeah, yeah you, changed you my voice that. it's like okay girl like come on now like you know what I'm saying like let's not First, you over here, yes, queen, all that shit, and then you want to be like, yeah, so what's up, baby? Like, come on, you know. So it, it's it was very interesting, but my boy Oliver was gone. Then we had, you know, Tamara, she out. Who was up? Uh, Jennifer was gone. So the top three were who? Raven, Chaz, and Sam. All right. Who I feel is a very strong and deserving top three. And it kind of very similar to the cookout. It it was very similar from uh, Big Brother's cookout. They banded together. Everyone kind of knew because Tom mentioned to Jennifer, like, yeah, that is a core group that you can't penetrate. So everyone kind of knew what time it was. Right. And although Sam is Puerto Rican, I mean, Puerto Rican, you black. Like, it's yeah, kind of like adjacent. Yeah. yeah J-Lo said nigga, yeah. so, you know. <laughs> but... Yeah, that was the top three, and um, we eventually found out who the winner was. So, in this order, it went third place, Raven, Raven. Mm-hmm. in second place, Chaz, and the grand winner went to Sam. Listen. And we... The way we screamed in this house. It, we This was a Sam household, <laughs> because up. she was 
in my opinion, the most transparent, consistent, real, and authentic person there. I feel, to a certain extent, Raven and Chaz kind of, I felt like were extra, put on a little extra nice, well, more so Chaz, put on a little extra nice, you know, um, kind of politician stance with everyone. And, you know, Raven, she just, she was nice and sweet too, but she was just horny at times for uh, Marvin and that clouded her judgment and made her do stupid ass decisions. But I think the most consistent head on their shoulders was Sam and she truly deserved it. I was rooting for her from day one. From day one. She, because she's so authentic and just the fact that she's like, this is who I am. I'm playing this game and I'm playing this game with integrity. And I think that's, a big part of these shows that have that are reality based and that is popularity and, and looking to to win and then and you want the honest person or the person who played the most cleanest nicest game to actually win you know a hundred thousand dollars you don't want the conniving person to win that because you know as times i do want the villain to win there is times in life that you want that to happen but sam was not that sam called people out on their shit. she was just transparent and what i loved about it was she was doing this for her mother her her, her abuelita like Abuela. she was just going for it and she was so happy she wanted to just pay them back of all the sacrifices that they did to for her in life it was a really beautiful moment after it was announced that she won she had her little her cry they came out with iPad and it was a Zoom call with her mother and her abuela and she broke down again. They broke down her mother. It was the cutest <laughs> thing. She was like, "Oh my gosh, you won! What? What? What?" It was. It yeah. was. Her mom was like, "A popularity contest? Of course you're gonna win. You the shit." Yeah. I was like, "That's the mom that I'm talking about. Like, pump your child up. But like, of course you're gonna win this show." It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. And I think now I've been a fan of season. One from day one, circle fanatic. I only know, I can't tell you the names of all the winners for all the seasons, but I can tell you what they look like. But this season, I know the name, and I will never forget Sam's name. So, and, and I think that's that she's left. She's left a lasting impression on how she really played this game. I read because again, I haven't seen all the seasons, but I did read that she was the first woman that played herself yeah. to win. Because there was another woman, but she was a cat. Yeah, played her husband. But yeah, Sam was the first woman to be a woman yeah. and win uh, the circle. So that's that is definitely feel good. And congratulations, Sam, on Just your on your coins. Yes. And so you guys, we're gonna wrap this up with RuPaul's Drag Race, telling you about the girls that got eliminated and our thoughts on these girls for this season. Yes, because we haven't spoken about Drag Race. We didn't cover it last week, so we wanted to make a point of discussing it this week. So, the uh, first week, the premiere episode, we had um, Irene Dubois. She got eliminated and had to go home, to which I was honestly surprised because she she was polished she was so polished and usually the first girls out it's like yeah bitch you didn't even deserve to come like why are you even here but i felt like irene had more to show would i have rooted for her no because her drag is not necessarily what gets me wet but 
she was funny. She had she was she was catty. I felt like she was. I'm surprised production didn't keep her around just for her talking head. Well, I'm interested to know. I think she is probably the first girl, and I could be wrong, so don't stone me, Jack fan, Jack race fans. I think she's the first girl to win a mini challenge and then get eliminated in the first episode. Yeah, that definitely never happened. Never happened. If you won the mini challenge, like you like you beat the girls. That you're saying like I'm the one to kind of look out for. And her talent show, um, ice pouring pouring ice water, her dis- description of doing that was not it just didn't hit. It it landed no jokes. It wasn't funny. It tried to be this whole thing that other girls have done in the past to just kind of be so aloof and out there, and it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she fell. What I've noticed is a lot of the girls this season try to follow in the steps of Willow Pill and do comedy that was, like you said, aloof or out there and kind of abstract and a parody, if you will. And it, it fell flat on a few of the girls uh, yes. in the premiere episode. Uh, but in that episode, we had Anitra win the uh, challenge, essentially. And that Remind was the talent she's... show. The talent show that everyone had to do. And Anitra was the one that walked the fucking duck. Yes. And she uh, kicked... Walk that duck. She kicked the wood planks. She's uh, basically... Baby Detox. Yes. Detox's daughter. Uh, yes. Uh, now, she's not Detox's real drag daughter, but they look oh my, my literally life. like spitting yes. images of one another. And as a boy, she looks like Bill Maher. She, in the face. The, the, the favor, yes, favors a young, snatched gay Bill Maher. <laughs> now, well, I love you. Uh, love you, Bill. Now, in last week's episode, uh, which was technically episode number three, uh, we had the ladies do their very first skit commercial situation. It was more of an infomercial. Yeah. And it was split into three groups. Um, it was literally only one group that was funny. And at the end, Sasha Colby was crowned the victor. Now, with us being firmly two weeks in to this current season of Drag Race, do you have any front runners, anyone that sticks out as to like, why the fuck are you here? So they can get rid of about six girls for me. <laughs> so, um, but I'll tell you who I'm rooting for. So I'll give you my, I think five girls. And my five girls are, first of all, my adorable twinks, my twins. So Sugar and Spice, I'm here for them. I am also here for Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. She's a young little twink, but she's cute. They have a perspective. They are social media girls. They're this new drag. I hate the new drags because these girls don't pad and, and or put titties on. But their shapes are okay. I hope that they do work on that body, though. Um... Aurora, the one who no, Anitra, 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 Anitra. I'm here for her. And Lucy Laduca, mm-hmm. I'm here for her. And she that's, pads very nice. Speaking she of pads padding, amazingly well. She gives you body adi adi to the point where it's like, teach me your ways. Yeah, and that's pretty much all I'm here for. What about you? 
So for me, I do like sugar and spice. I think that they have a perspective. I think that what they've been doing as far as the runway goes has actually been polished. Like yes. they're putting their TikTok coins to good use. Uh, they definitely have a sponsor. I love Sasha Colby. Say what you want. She is a drag legend, Miss Continental winner, which is essentially... It was Drag Race before Drag Race was Drag Race. <laughs> right. So if you won that, you were like the bitch in these streets. Kind of like if you win Drag Race now, you're a bitch in these streets. Um, because Sasha Colby has been giving actual drag. Like the pomp and circumstances. Like drag with a headpiece. With, you know, bugle beads and sequins. Like that, I feel like Drag Race, as we're moving forward, is getting away from. Right. Which is a shame. I like. I want to see fake boobs. I want to see well, she got padding. Real I want to. Well, you get. But I still want to see titties in yeah. general. Real yes, fake. Yes, I yes. just want to see titties. Yeah. If you're doing a female impersonation, I want to see some titties. So that's what you will get from Sasha Colby, and it's just a overall elevatedness. So, so I estelate titties. I no. <laughs> No, no. Selena Estides is honestly my least favorite because I, it's that camp that's not even funny. It's just that that girl sit down. Um, but Marsha, 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 I like because I feel like she has a point of view and a perspective. She does need to wear makeup because this is a drag competition. Uh, and um, another one that I I really like is what's her name, the big gal um, from Texas. Yes, Mistress Isabel Brooks. Now, she does remind me of Eureka, but again, like Sasha Colby, it's just that you can tell that these bitches have been doing it for a while and that they their shit is custom and it's not, you know, off the rack. It's not hot glued. It is actually tailor-made, especially for her to be a really big girl. Her stuff has been fitting impeccably. Well, I mean, it has to be made. She's a big girl. Like this. But I mean, it, it can be made, but it can be made poorly. But her stuff is made really good. What, so, no, when you're a big, what? I was about to say, what big girl hasn't had this shit? They they know they have to be extra right and tight. But I, there's two big girls who came to my head that exactly. haven't been right and tight. There's like, actually big girls there, there's know. actually a few more than just two that I can think of. <laughs> like, so it's not right, yeah, so she, it's she not always together. right. But she is put yeah. together. And again, in this new age of queens, I feel like her baby doll fox and um, Sasha Colby, they're giving you old school drag, which unfortunately isn't even really that old school. It's just like... It's just drag. It's just drag. Yeah, it's and, just drag. And I feel with it being on MTV that they're really trying to get a younger demographic with the TikTok girls that don't pad, that, you know, just put on unstyled human hair and a cat suit. And they're like, sickening, no? <laughs> it's like without even... Going to a show, putting on a show, they performing. don't, or performing, and that's just kind of being it. Like, poor Rue, mama looks checked bored. out, mama looks bored, she looks checked out. So, if you are a fan of the show and you've been watching from season one, which we both have, you know, when, when the girls come out, Rue always has some type of 
commentary, something fun to say. She loves to go back and forth with the girls, especially for the main show, because they can hear the judges' commentary as they're when, it, when we see them live or we see them coming down. The judges are seeing them for the first time, and the girls can hear what the judges are saying. Ruth tends to like to have something to say or or have a ooh or ah or give some type of sassy situation for the girls. She only did it one time. And that was for Antria or whatever. Anitra. Anitra. Mm -hmm. She only did it for her. No one else she really went back and forth. But she was you gotta walk that duck. Like she was she was gassed. She was surprised. These girls don't have there's no one that's polished that's gonna bring it to this level. And I I, I and I hope they surprise me. And we'll see, you know, later on tonight at the bar if they do do that. But, you know, who knows? But that's RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, that's our thoughts on the new cast, the new girls. We have two eliminated. Um, Princess Poppy did the kiss of death when she got picked for, or when she did get, when she got picked, she was the last girl to get picked for the, the groups. Yeah. And she told the other girls who just had, who formed the group because they weren't They picked. were the leftovers. She was like, you know, by losers and Rue was like oh you better watch it <laughs> you better watch it girl cause that's the kiss of death and it turned out to be turned out to be true cause she was eliminated from the show so and that was that on that so we can't wait to actually discuss Drag Race next week when we have only one episode to talk about right. and we don't have to condense it into uh Technically, what was like three hours of drag race, and plus, we'll be able to talk about the real fags of WeHo that is going to come right after and before Untucked. Uh, so, it'll be a whole lot to discuss. So, the people the show is actually called The Real Friends of WeHo or WeHo Friends or WeHo and Us. We talked about it, we talked about it like two weeks ago. <laughs> Just check the episode two weeks ago. We'll talk about it next week. Yes. Uh, before we get out of here, we just want to talk about our bestie of the week, the new segment that we uh, put at the end of the reality roundup, pinpointing one person in the shows that we've watched that is our favorite of the week, and they have become the bestie. So for me, it is going to be Sam yes. from... The circle. the circle. She won season five. She is the homie and someone I actually would love to know in real life. You are the MVP, Sam. Yes, I concur. Sam is my bestie as well. Uh, we love you. You are part of the LGBTQIA plus somewhere up in there. Um, so we love to be your husbands um, and have a good time. So if you listen to the podcast, you know, holler at your boys. So. Friends, that's going to wrap up this wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. We want to thank you for giving us about maybe an hour and a half of your time tonight. Um, we thank you. It's so important to have you guys continue listening and support our podcast. We really appreciate you guys. You have given us an hour of your time. You have 23 hours left. So be nice to someone, you know, in honor of my birthday, just have a tequila shot, you know what I'm saying? Some Casadores or some Don Julio 1942, because that's what I'll be having. But until next time, friends, bye, friends. Bye. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend 
or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com until then see you next time friends <laughs>